1: Well, no longer is he gone fishing. Doug Oster is back, along with Jessica Wallace, So this is the Organic Gardeners. Tenth caller right now wins a gift certificate to Sorgles, Four one two nine two two ten twenty. 922 1020 Take the tenth caller right now for that amazing place out in Wexford. And listen, it's your time to call. Get all of your questions answered for free. Pick up the phone. Give them a call, 866-391-1020. Dollar Bank, instant access, kdkradio.com. Text them on the Red automotive line, best deal in town. And Dick Till will be here, Davey Trees Talking Trees, in just about 20 minutes. So without further ado, let's say hello again to Doug Oster and Jessica Walliser, both of the Tribune Review and the Organic Gardeners. Every Sunday 7 to 8 a.m. KDK Radio. Good morning,
2: guys. Good morning. I am Doug Oster from EverybodyGardens.com and the Tribune Review. And I'm horticulturist
3: Jessica Walliser.
2: Uh, coming up, we will be talking to Dick Till all about trees and a little bit about hem- hemlock woolly Adalgid. And uh, today I am giving away bonfire begonias at 1 p.m. Absolutely free. You're going to get a nice bonfire begonia in a four inch pot at Bedner's Farm and Greenhouse in McDonald. And I'm also then giving a free talk on container gardening. I have waited a long time to give away, but you know how I always talk about bonfire oh, I know. begonia. Oh, they're one of your
3: favorites. Yep.
2: Yeah. And last year I, I mentioned it to Russ Bedner. We were walking around the greenhouse and I said, Man, I've always wanted to give these away because I want to get these into the hands of gardeners. And then I went back this year to speak and his dad took me back in the greenhouse and he said, Oh, look at these. And I said, Oh man, you remembered! this like this whole tray of these really back then that was 2 months ago nice-looking bonfire begonias. I can't wait to see what they look like. And so, yeah, I love this plant. It's a it's a trailing begonia with like orange trumpet flowers, uh, and I guess one of the reasons that uh I'm so enamored with it is when Anthony Tesler was in town for the Garden Writers thing. We were all up at Mount Washington and I Started to show him the pictures of the bonfire, telling him how great this plant was. And he's told me I introduced it.
3: Oh, that's funny. (laughs) So I have this relationship with the
2: Tesla company and with their their PR person, actually, their marketing person actually uh, grew up in Pittsburgh here. And uh, so we worked together on this. And so, yeah, today, one o'clock at Bedner's Farm and Greenhouse, which is a cool place. Come on, get a free bonfire begonia. You're gonna be glad you did. It's
3: funny that you're talking about bonfires because I actually have um, I've grown them sort of off and on over the last couple of years, but I have these two containers outside of our sliding glass door on the patio, and it's the north side of the house, so they're full shade there. And I've always sort of just done like a hosta with some, you know, annuals in there. And I was at a nursery and I saw these giant baskets of bonfire begonias and i thought you know what i'm just gonna buy that a basket and then separate the plants mm-hmm. in them and then you know because then you get four plants out of that one basket and I put them in these containers and they look stunning yeah like, and i have a coleus behind it oh, and nice. then some, a bird's nest fern like they're really really pretty it's uh, it's a really great plant
2: i've been planting my containers up it'll take me still another couple of weeks probably to get all my containers done but i've been planting them up i was out of Janoski's, so i've filled up there, and I had a nice experience out at Janoski's, not only speaking to the people, but I was there early because trying to beat the traffic out there, and I met a young couple that was putting together plants for their first garden, and the guy was Aww. just sitting with his chin in his hand on the cart with his eyes closed while she was picking up plants, and I Aww. shot a picture of it. <laughs> and then I started chit-chatting with them and took them around the greenhouse a little bit. You kind of forget, you know, that people don't even know to look for a sun lover or a shade lover. It's very or, overwhelming yeah, when you get yeah. started. Yeah, And you know, smaller plants are cheaper. But you know, so we had fun walking around the greenhouse together. And then, of course, I left with a, a cache of, of great plants to fill up my containers. <laughs> and have you ever seen a hoverfly mate?
3: Yes, I have a picture actually of them mating midair. That's in well, my, maybe my, they one weren't mating books. then,
2: but I was. Uh, I was working in the garden yesterday, and I heard all this commotion buzzing. And I looked down, and there were two hoverflies. I figured they were mating. They I don't were know. commotioning. <laughs> they were either that or they were fighting. I don't know.
3: Wow. <laughs> so. What's, were they the tiny ones, or were they bigger ones?
2: Um, okay. Quarter inch.
3: Quarter inch. All right. I think it was
2: a hoverfly.
1: Remember, there's a thin line between love and hate. Never forget, especially that. when you're a hoverfly. That's right. You, what you got? Like, <laughs> or a, Rob Pratt? You got like a life life expectancy of three weeks. What is it? <laughs> hey, what have you got to make the best of it? <laughs> yeah, boy, it's a beautiful day. It's over. Uh, all right, listen, uh, Ron in Deer Lakes. What else? So tell me about this fishing thing, real quick. You were oh, uh,
2: just uh, I go once a year with uh, my. Best friend from fifth grade, and the kids come what? up. What? Yeah. I mean, God bless you. You still got your best friend 19, from fifth grade. 1970. January 1970, he moved into our town, and, and we've been friends ever since. And we go to this over an Amish country, a, a nice. nice house with a 30-acre lake, and fish it. And uh, actually, well, I don't want to tell this whole long fishing story. Oh, you had fun, though.
1: It was wonderful. And I do love the
2: Amish folks. Don't they do it right though? Yeah, they have an Amish caretaker there and we had a fishing competition, so it was fun.
1: Nice. All right, what have you been up to since we talked last week? Real quick for you. Lots we go to break. of
3: craziness in the garden, at work and working on some new projects. It's always good life uh, life is life is rolling on
1: all right listen we've only got one call lined up i highly urge you to get on the phones to talk to uh, doug and jessica's getting ready to welcome dick till from the amazing company this davy trees for a couple of segments at the bottom of the hour and we'll talk some trees if so if you have some questions obviously for him we'll be more than happy to serve those up as well so uh 866 391 KDK Radio dot com. you can text us on the right automotive line best deal in town congratulations to judy from shaler winner of that 25 five dollar gift certificate Sorgels, good morning he's talking trees but right now we're talking to the folks let's go to uh, Ron in Deer Lakes for Doug and Jessica on the organic gardeners good morning welcome to KDK radio
4: uh, good morning thanks for the show uh, before I get to my main topic uh, quick uh, question for Jessica is it safe to reuse the uh, rubber gasketed lids on the mason jars
3: Um, no not if you've canned with them no You can use the screw top bands, but the the lid part that does the actual sealing and makes the popping noise, that should not be reused.
4: Okay, thank you for that. Sure. Uh, Coming to, uh, in in the next week, I hope to prune all my evergreens because I, with all the rain, just couldn't get it to it. Uh, I guess it's sort of a two-part question because I haven't pruned anything last year. So we're talking about uh, white pines, Norwegian spruce, and uh, arborvitae. Can I prune now, and since I didn't do it last year, can I go on the heavy side?
3: Why do you need to prune them in the first place? That's my question.
4: Uh, well, power lines overhead, mis- misjudged whenever I planted them, neighbor's fence, and too big for the arborvitae. you know, by the windows.
3: Okay. Okay. Um- <laughs> First of all, <laughs> here's here's the safety lecture. I don't know how close to the power lines they are, but I watched a man, unfortunately, die from an incident with a power line oh. when pruning a tree. No, we're not that close. Okay, so be very careful with any large trees like that. You might want to get a professional, whether they're new power lines or not unless you really know what you're doing. If you're using a chainsaw on a ladder or something, that's just an accident waiting to happen. So watch your safety. Um, Timing-wise, this is not ideal time to be pruning those plants. Um, I would sooner you wait until, um, you know, fall or even through the winter you can do the pruning. I don't think it's the best time, and I don't think, I don't even, for me, like Arbavita, Arbavita has such a beautiful natural shape.
2: Let the deer uh, trim them for you.
3: <laughs> yeah, they'll do oh, some real trimming. they only use
4: trimming. rhododendron.
2: Yeah, oh, okay. they, only, they stick <laughs> with the roadies, <laughs> right. right?
3: Right. Yeah, I I personally would wait if you're going to do it at all and really just be very careful and thoughtful about any pruning that you should happen to do.
4: Okay. Thank
3: you. You're welcome. Thank you. I know that's not the answer he wanted to hear. But, but, but you know, I think, <laughs> I think
1: you brought up a good point. You know, maybe we can talk to Dick Till about that. When in doubt, don't even go close. I mean, with any... Or above you- the first or floor.
3: Or above, yeah. I mean, standing on a ladder with a chainsaw is uh, just... Oh. Uh, <laughs> it's just not smart. I mean, I watched a yeah. guy,
2: you know, working on a tree like that, and it came down the wrong way. And, again, almost mm-hmm. what you saw, you know, it's not worth it.
1: Oh, all right, let's go to uh, Roy in Swissville on KDKA Radio. Good morning, Roy.
2: Yeah, good morning. Uh,
4: long-time listener, first-time caller. I really enjoy Great. the show. But uh, last year I planted uh, spring-bearing uh, strawberries and uh, blackberry bushes. And the black, both the blackberries and the strawberries are not sweet. The blackberries are actually sour, and the strawberries are just so-so. And I was just wondering if there could be a pH or a fertilizer issue.
3: Um, usually, the soil conditions don't really influence the flavor of fruit like that. It's more a varietal issue, although sometimes that does happen, especially if we have a lot of years of rain. It can sort of weaken the flavor of strawberries especially, um, but it's more a varietal thing for sure. So, uh, you know, I don't know what varieties you, you know, where you got them from, what you planted. If you know what those varieties are, they, were they named? Were they from a nursery
4: yeah, they were from a nursery and they, like the blackberry was supposed to be an upright sweet blackberry mm. uh, blackberry bush. Mm-hmm. And they are an upright bush. They're big. They grow like crazy. This the blackberries are are very large, but they're just sour. Mm. Uh, just-
2: and you're waiting to pick them until they're nice and soft and Oh, yeah. Yes. Okay.
3: Yeah, because they do sweet, especially blackberries, they do sweeten the longer they're on the plants. I think right. it's more of a varietal issue than it is with the soil. It would not hurt to get your soil tested. Um, you know, okay. you can buy that little $9 kit from the Penn State Cooperative Extension to just really make sure that everything is spot on and ideal for those plants. And once okay. you have that soil to where you know it's going to be perfect – then I would go ahead and, you know, see how they taste then. And if they're still off, I would replace them probably with another variety that's really known to be very sweet. Okay. Okay? Thank you very much.
1: Thank you. All right. Let's move on now to uh, Janet in Westview. Janet, welcome to KDK Radio. How are you?
0: Just fine. Uh, uh, This is about irises. Uh, Unfortunately, the weeds have gotten into the iris bed, and it's out of control. And now I'm going to have to dig up that whole bed and uh, dig up the corns and replant. But how soon now, since the irises are almost done, can I dig them up?
2: Isn't that July? That's usually when we move irises, so July would be a perfect time to do that. Okay. Uh, what kind of weeds you got going on there? Because you might not have to dig uh, the whole the thing out.
0: The tall ones that has the little fronds um, on the top. It just invaded the
3: whole bed. Mm. Well, before you replant those iris back into that bed, you better make sure all of those weeds are absolutely gone. And, and depending on what kind of weed it is, um, you could have running roots underneath. Yeah,
2: sometimes you don't want to yeah. pull them or dig them because you'll be making more. Uh, identify uh-huh. that weed. Make sure, Take a piece of that weed, put it in a Ziploc bag, and take it to the nursery and see exactly what it is and then decide how to deal with it. you got a little time anyway because of the... You know, you're not going to be moving your irises until July anyway.
0: July. Okay, that's great. All right. right. I didn't know how to get the nutrients, you know, back into the plant. Nope. July is one one of the
3: only plants that you should be moving or dividing in July is bearded iris. So you should be good to go.
0: All, All right, so good luck. i got through to get that answer.
1: Thank right. you so much. Thank you. you. All right, let's keep the calls coming. Let's go talk to Harry and Armstrong about rhododendrons on KDKA Radio's Organic Gardeners, Doug Oster and Jessica Walliser. Good morning,
0: Harry. Hey, hi, Doug. Hey, I my neighbor has a big rhododendron bush, and I just want to get it started in my yard. So how's the best way to, like, you know, do I just cut, like, on women?
2: No, really the best way to make uh, more rhododendrons is by using a technique called layering. And so what you're going to do, you'll see on on a big bush like that, that the lower branches will start to touch the ground. That's how they actually propagate in the wild. And so this is the perfect time to do it, too. Take a look at that tree, uh, that bush, and see branches that are close to the bottom. Assuming your neighbor's going to let you do this. You're not going to sneak in at night and do this, are you?
0: i got the ski mask and all all right
2: (laughs) so get 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 in there and what you do is you with a sharp knife you just kind of what's close to the ground you just kind of give it a little bit of a nick there maybe put something called root tone on there and then with a pin like a landscape pin put it down in the ground dig a little little loosen up that soil put that pin on there and, and that will hold that right onto the ground it has to touch the ground and now, you know, I do four or five of them, and what's going to happen, those are going to root, and then when you get to the fall, you can just, if, if it, you just pull on it gently, as long as it resists, now you can remove it from the plant, kind of dig it up, dig up that little root thing, and now move it to your place. Does that make sense?
0: It does. Um, thanks. Oh, oh, one other quick question. Go ahead. I, I have to say, it's like jagger bushes, you know what I mean, you know how they have those roots and they just keep growing? Mm-hmm. How do I get rid of them?
2: uh the best way that i like to to say to get rid of them is just continual top cutting that's one of those plants that we just talked about that have this kind of fleshy white roots that when you start getting in there and pulling you're making more uh now this is not an overnight thing Uh, this is a really uh terrible thing actually is uh when you have to have a weed like that and just once a week cut it to the ground Eventually, you'll exhaust the plant. It doesn't have uh, – it gets its energy from that top growth. And so just, you know, weed whack it down every every week, and you'll win the battle. Okay. Hey, thanks a lot. All righty. All right. What do you say we uh, do
1: one more quick call? Let's go to Gene. Uh, Gene, good morning. Welcome to KDK Radio's Organic Gardeners. How are you?
4: I'm good. Um, I have a question about our apple trees. Um, I have several different varieties. Uh, the last few years, the leaves have been turning yellow and falling off the trees. Um, I'm losing probably half the leaves over the summer.
3: And is it, <clears throat> excuse me, are they a bunch of different varieties of apples? Or are they uh, yeah, all the I same there variety? Are
4: three different varieties, and I'm looking out the windows now, and there's yellow leaves all over the ground.
3: Are you pruning them properly?
4: Uh, We haven't pruned them in years.
3: Okay, so they don't have real good air circulation, so it could be a fungal issue going on. I think some amount of leaf drop is normal in fruits. Like, for example, my peaches right now, they've been, in addition to dropping some of the fruit, which is called June drop, they do, do drop some of the leaves as well, which... Allows them to put some more energy into you know producing the fruit and letting the fruit mature on the plant So some of it might be doing due to that But if you're having like the new you know the youngest leaves those are turning yellow and falling off It's probably some type of fungal issue going on Um, You could send actually a tissue sample off to the Penn State Plant Diagnostic Lab and they will actually look at it and give you a complete diagnosis. Or you could have the folks from Davy Tree come out and take a look at it and they can assess that tree as well to give you an exact diagnosis. You know, fr-
2: fruit trees are prone to fungal issues. Oh yeah. And so, especially with half the tree being defoliated, it'd be a good idea. Get a, a certified arborist to come out for free. You know, you have nothing to lose and they can diagnose it exactly what the problem is and then go to work on I'm solving the problem.
1: All right, thank you for the call. Listen, we've got Brad, we've got David, but more importantly, we've got Dick Till waiting in the wings to talk trees, talking trees, Davy trees. That's coming up in just a couple of minutes. We've got CBS Radio News. That literally is two minutes away at the bottom of the hour, so please stay with us. Much more of the organic gardeners coming your way. If you'd like to join us, 866-391-1020. Dollar Bank instant access, kdkradio.com, or you can text us on the right automotive line, the best deal in town. Next hour, Joe and Frank Dentisi in the kitchen, the Coons Cooking Hour today, Chafe and Lahana Law Firm Studios. It's all about pastas and salads and more. And then heifer until it's in your money and you. Then we uh, spend some time talking sports. Coons Market Black and Gold Sunday Show. Good morning.
2: Join me today at Bedner's Farm and Greenhouse, 1 p.m. I'm going to give you a free bonfire begonia just for showing up and then doing a free talk about container gardening. I love bonfire begonias and I want you to grow it. Today, one PM at Bedners. All
1: right, we'll take tenth caller right now to win that Janoski's gift certificate. It is uh nine four one two nine two two ten twenty and the expansion of the new farm market. Don't forget June twenty third, twenty fourth gonna be a big
2: weekend at Janoski's. We are joined by Dick Till. Glad to have you here, Dick, from Davy Tree and talking all about uh, different things going on with trees right now. But before we get started, I want to talk a little bit about you guys taking care of all those trees down in Falling Water. A couple weeks ago, I posted a picture of one of your guys was up uh, and had a view of Falling Water no one's ever seen, except if you're a tree climber. Yeah,
5: Yeah, we've been working down there for over 30 years, and uh, they have a lot of trees a lot of trees are in houses in the middle of the woods and that house was built back in the thirties and there was a lot of mature trees back in the thirties. So you figure, you know, it's going on a hundred years. So, um, a lot of those trees are coming to the end of their life or they're becoming dangerous. It M-
2: must've been something for you to see that for all those years, hundred years, watching those
5: trees. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Smart but, uh, Alec. But a lot of them that start to decline and a lot of it's just natural. There's a... Uh, root rots and butt rots that get them so you know main thing you want to protect the house and uh also all the visitors you know they get over 100,000 people a year walking through there and not just the house but all the walking trails and access roads dead branches hanging over uh wheat crotches you know we've cabled trees and trees that are leaning over the house bracing them back and cabling them up and-
2: well this time of the year for uh homeowners what should we be doing we're looking at our trees to be sure that we're safe
5: um, yeah, a lot of times you just want to look for the sharp crotches and uh, you know, which they're...
3: is the main uh, sort of uh, part where the the trunk branches into multiple.
5: Right. Okay. Yeah, especially if you have multiple stems.
3: So the narrower that space is, the right. more dangerous it is yeah. a, as a fall risk for that. Correct. One yeah. Of those. Okay. If it's
5: a sharp V crotch, if it's a rounded U crotch, then both stems can get bigger at the same time. Mm. Okay. When it's a sharp V crotch, they get bigger, but they actually force each other apart.
3: Oh, and that creates a weak spot then. Right,
5: And also, with all the moisture and everything we've had, this is a time when a lot of the fungi start to reproduce. So whenever you see a mushroom at the base or a conch on the side of the tree, that's just the fruiting body of the fungus inside. You don't see the actual vegetative part of the fungus that's rotting the tree. But when the fungus is mature enough, they don't make that fruiting body. So if you see any mushrooms or conks or anything growing at the base or around the trees, it's time to get them checked out.
2: Yeah, I've got a big oak, and last year I looked up and saw that y- orange chicken of the woods mushroom, uh, yeah. like, you know, 20 feet up in the air. I better get you out. But <laughs> yeah. that
3: doesn't necessarily mean the tree needs to be taken down immediately, right? I mean, that just needs it ne- means it needs to be monitored.
5: Right, you got to check okay. it out, because a lot of the fungi don't reproduce until they're mature enough they reproduce. But if they're
2: up there in that tree, does that tell me something negative that's happening to the tree?
5: Yeah. Uh, And a lot of times the infection can get in from a wound, you know, whether it was Mm -hmm. a pruning cut or another tree falling on it or um, you just gotta, you know, monitor any of those things and get them checked out. And a lot of big trees are hollow in the middle and that's natural, you just don't know it. And, uh, but Eventually, you will see some fruiting bodies come out and, mm-hmm. uh we have ways to detect the decay in the tree um you know the one that's got a resistograph for it has a little tiny drill bit that forces its way in, and we can tell if you hit a hollow spot or a weak spot it'll show you that
3: okay, so I have a question on a different topic here for you with, with regarding to tree regarding trees, so I was out uh maybe last week or the week before. And I saw somebody out in their yard and they had, a maple, I think it was a maple tree with lots of exposed roots, right, that were coming up in the grass and you could see the grass had kind of thinned out. Right. And the guy actually had um, a mattock mat- or matlock, whatever they're called. Mattock. At- mat- and he was Toppen. shaving the top off of each one of those roots. I guess his mower blades were hitting them or something. Right. Tell me about what what is that. I mean, he shouldn't have been doing that, right? What should you do when that happens?
5: Yeah, well... Shaving the top off is not the worst thing you can do. You know, if you're chopping them and removing them, that's the worst thing. Um, And the roots are like the branches in the trunk. They get bigger in diameter every year. You Mm -hmm. know, if you cut a tree, you can count the rings and see how old it is. So a lot of the roots are on the surface. They're just getting big enough in diameter. I get calls all the time, my roots are growing out of the ground. Well, they don't grow out of the ground. They're just getting bigger in diameter and poking up out of the soil. And a lot of that's just because the roots take the easiest path to follow. They're not going to grow down into the clay and the shale. Mm-hmm. They just want to go along the surface. And a lot of that comes to, if it's in a lawn area especially, when the houses are built, they remove all the topsoil. Mm-hmm. It's all graded. And then when they bring soil back, you're lucky if you get an inch of soil. And you're planted in clay, so the roots are just along the surface. Now, although surface roots have roots growing down <coughs> excuse me, below, You know the feeder roots and absorbing Mm -hmm. roots come out below, so cutting the tops off is not the best thing, but it's better than removing the whole root.
3: So, what if those two options are not the best for your tree? What should you do? Just, just maybe get the grass out of there and put mulch in instead, so you don't have to worry about mowing around it.
5: Yeah, that's the ideal thing. Mulch it, and you know, ideally, it's out to the drip line. But you know, if you got a fifty foot tree with that's a a big drip line, yeah, (laughs) so you can't be mulching your whole yard. Um, you can put soil and plant grass. You just can't put a lot of soil on a lot of big, mature trees. If you cover the whole root zone with even six inches of soil, you're going to... The
3: tree plant, will die. Yeah, yeah.
5: Um, A little bit of soil and seed, but then you got to realize that's only temporary because right. when the roots get bigger, they're going to come out of the ground again.
2: Uh, did, did the winter knock back the hemlock woolly adelgid at all, or are we seeing it as bad as it's been in past seasons?
5: Uh, it's pretty bad again this year. It was... Pretty mild winter, really. And uh, that's why it's kind of nice if we have a cold, hard winter. You know, if it's done in single digits for a week or two, it really helps to knock out a lot of the sucking insects, you know, the mites and the aphids and the and so forth. But, yeah, there's been a, a whole bunch of adelgid calls this year.
3: And yeah. that is, let's describe what that looks like for people. So if you have, and it's only hemlock trees, right? This right. is the only tree that, so if you have a, have a hemlock, go out and pull down a branch. And what will people see when they look at it?
5: It actually looks like snow, like we had a little snow. The white flower, fluffies on right? there, yeah. They're a little fluffy, and that's the white, waxy fluff that protects our bodies.
2: Yeah, I've got it bad. You know, I see it all over. I'm using horticultural oil the best I can to, to, to treat them, yeah, and that, really- that's good for the bottom branches, but. Yeah, you
5: can't get it all yeah. the way up to the top, yeah.
3: And it's sad because it takes several years in order to start to see decline in tree health, and then uh, that'll be that for the tree, yeah. and it's you so have to sad.
5: Catch them right away because they actually suck the juice out of the needles so Mm -hmm. the earlier you get them the least damage there is
2: well dick stick around we'll see if we get some more tree questions coming up for more information about davy tree or to ask what's going on with your trees go to www.davey.com slash kdk and don't forget you can always call the experts at davy tree at 855-982-TREE that's 855-982-8733 we'll be back Time for Mrs. Know It All. She's a grower, a horticulturist, and our garden goddess. It's Denise Schreiber. How are you this morning, Denise?
0: Good. I'm pretty sure Dick is sitting there laughing at the garden goddess part. Uh,
2: <laughs> no, he's just laughing. Hey, Denise, how are
0: you? Good, Dick. So, um, you know, all this rain. You know, I realize there's parts of the country that would love to have this rain. Us, on the other hand, would really like it to stop for a while. Uh, we need rain, just not as much as we've been getting. And so I think this year what we're going to see are a lot of fungal issues. And basil has really been susceptible to basil downy mildew uh, the past few years. And while they are working on resistance strains, there's one new vegetative one that's supposedly immune. I'm growing it, and I think you two are also. But I had a conversation with Marjorie Dockery from Cornell University, and she's a disease specialist. And she said, make succession plantings of basil if possible. If you're growing them in a container... If when we start having extended periods of rain, if you can actually move them out of the rain, maybe, you know, under a canopy or, you know, just onto the overhang of your porch or whatever to keep uh, the spores from spreading from the water splashing on them, that's really the way to go and you know i'm i haven't seen it yet but i know other people have already started to see the disease around here so it's something to be on the lookout for it typically starts as kind of a yellowing and then you get a little bit of black and then the plant just says sayonara i'm done
3: yeah and it's just it's absolutely devastating when you have this beautiful healthy you know basil plant and then the next thing you know it's gone and it's uh it is very sad and that i'm glad that they're working on a resistant variety because that would be a boon to gardeners who love basil i'm
2: starting a few more from seeds here right now you know i've got my first crop out there but then i'm going to start some from seed for assuming i'm going to get the disease and replant
1: all right ladies and gentlemen we have some dollar bank instant access questions and the first is for mr till representing davy trees as we continue with the extended version of talking trees jessica
3: yeah we're gonna have a lightning round of answering questions so this one's for dick ready mr till do you have any favorite summer flowering trees that you would recommend
2: (laughs)
5: wrong (laughs) (laughs) summer flowering um early summer you know like right now the of dogwoods are beautiful. I um, always like those better than the regular American dogwoods because they come out real early. A lot of the, those leaves or flowers come out before the leaves actually come out.
3: Um, How about like yellowwood?
5: Yeah, yellowwood, um, sourwood, Japanese. Uh,
2: no helping. Oh, sorry. You're supposed to be the. <laughs> I'm excited uh, about flowering to be the, trees. You're supposed to be the game show
5: I'm host. I'm
3: excited about flowering trees. What can I say? Okay, what else?
2: <laughs>
5: um, the Japanese snowbells are nice. Um, the fringe, well, the fringe trees are usually a little bit early. Um, that's, a,
3: that's a great list of pregnant. awesome trees.
5: I know. I'm just drawing a blank here. I'm under pressure. That's why you I was do. trying to help you, and then he, right? <laughs> yeah. I saw. Well, you can keep helping. All right.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Doug, here we go. Ready? Ready. How to permanently remove a very invasive vine that has a white... Flower like a morning glory. The more you cut Ding. or pull the vine, Ding. okay, go.
2: We call that bindweed, Jim. And uh, what bindweed is? Well, I got actually bi- it's
3: Darlene, but okay. Darlene,
2: uh, bindweed. I've got it bad or had it bad, and it just it's what we talked about before with the uh, uh, Can- uh, the Canadian thistle uh, is just continual top cutting. Do not start pulling that stuff up uh, because those white roots will just keep spreading and spreading and spreading. I just Follow that little vine to the bottom right now before it flowers and, is, and snip it on the bottom. Is this where I, as the announcer, get to do the Geritol commercial? You know what I'm saying?
1: <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Yeah, you know, if you're feeling a little punk and you need something, whatever happened to Geritol? I could use a jug of that once in a while. Anyway, what else you got? He's
3: popping Geritol, right? Yeah. All right. Last year, my black-eyed Susans had a bad case of leaf spot. I removed all the leaves in the fall and have thinned the plants this spring, but it is developing again. Is there anything else I can do to prevent it?
2: Uh, yeah, plant the one that you really like, the uh, brown eyed Susan.
3: <laughs> yeah, that's resistant. <laughs> I mean, th- th- yeah. it's
2: just, I guess you could try some kind of fungicide, but, y- you know, it's just the brown eyed Susan is so. So much, it's resistant and it's easy to grow and it's not going to get all those spots. So that would be my, my my answer for that one. What about you, Jess? What do you think? Even though you, you're the announcer. I you...
3: concur with that. And actually, I have a bunch of black-eyed Susans that do get that um, leaf spot every year. And I just kind of ignore it. The foliage doesn't look so hot, but they still flower. Uh, but I do love the brown-eyed Susans so much. That's a Rudbeckia triloba. And they get much taller, and there's smaller flowers, but the plant is just absolutely smothered in these flowers, and it is just such a great plant. So that is an excellent substitute.
2: And Dick Till, for playing, you get a brand new tree! Oh, boy. <laughs>
3: Oh my gosh! It's too early for this. All right, all right. Let's do lightning round on the phone too. What do you think, Rob?
1: I swear you guys have gotten into the geritol. You're like (laughs) all caffeined up here. It ain't geritol. All right, let's (laughs) let's go to Dorothy and Gibsonia. Dorothy, how you doing? Welcome to KDK Radio.
2: Good morning. Good morning. What's on your mind?
0: I wanted to know how you can control rust on hollyhocks. My hollyhocks are come up from last year. Uh, from seed, and they've got buds on now, and the leaves look fine, except they have some uh, bigger holes in. that last couple years, I've gotten, I guess it's called rust on them, yep. and the, the leaves just curl up and die.
3: Yeah. So if they have rust, is a, is a fungal disorder, and they you will see these um, kind of rusty, orange-colored spots on the undersides of the leaves. And hollyhocks are very, very prone to rust, and it's actually a specific species of fungus that only affects hollyhock so you don't have to worry about spreading it spreading to other plants which is good you want to pick off any diseased leaves as soon as you see those orange spots pick them up and throw those leaves out in the garbage at the end of the year it's really important that you clean up all those plants get all that debris out of there because the spores can really easily overwinter. Um, so do that as well, and then you can also use an, um, an organic fungicide as well. That um, you know something like uh, the brand Serenade, which is an organic fungicide, and you have to get it on the upper and lower leaf surfaces, and that will help as well. Serenade. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Thank you very much.
1: All right. Let's take Brad in uh, Clary in Pennsylvania with the tomato plants question for Doug Oster. Good morning, Brad.
4: Good morning.
2: Hey, hey before uh, you get I, before you get started, uh, Jessica and you have something in common.
3: Yeah, we Go both, Brad. We both have bears in our backyard. Oh, do you? <laughs> yeah, the neighbor was on the news the other day that a bear uh, had uh, pulled down her bird feeder. So apparently, we got one in our hood too. So. Oh boy. Yeah, I'm, I'll, hey, I have to call you for advice. That's for sure. I know. I, I think that I think it pooped in our yard because we found a big pile of poop that I'm pretty sure didn't come from any small animal. Take it down and
0: put it
4: in your garden.
3: Yeah. (laughs) I don't know if I'm going to go that far, but yeah. So anyway, what's your question, Brad?
1: I uh, have a tomato plant I just bought. I don't know anything about it, but uh, we can uh, tomato juice and make the tomato paste and so forth. And uh, I was looking for a particular kind of a plant, uh, Roma. That's what I was looking for. But they uh, sold out of those, and they said they had one. It's better than that, and it's called a health kick. I just just wondered if you ever heard of that.
2: Yeah, health kick has got – it was bred to have more nutrients in it. Uh, It would be a great sauce tomato for you. Uh, The thing about it is, uh, as opposed to Roma, it's probably going to put on uh, a ton of tomatoes. Uh, You know, Romas do pretty good, but health kick is a a modern hybrid – and again bread with high nutrition and i think you'll like it as your sauce tomato all
1: right we got about a minute before we have to say goodbye so why don't you spend a little time with mr till and we'll call it a day go ahead
2: uh so what's the season been for you guys so far what's it been
5: like for you has it been crazy because of the rain or what are we talking about yeah it's been crazy um started off a little bit slow with all the rain and snow and couldn't get things going but uh now that we kind of went from winter to summer here and uh, you know, all the trees, all the buds broke at the same time, and all the new growth is coming out, and phones ringing off the hook, especially after a big weekend when people are outside and walking around their yard, oh, we got to do this and do
2: that. I-, I heard, actually, when I was getting ready, I heard something fall out there somewhere in the woods, so I looked around the house before I came. It didn't wasn't on the house, wasn't on the driveway, I could get to work, but mm-hmm. I know I'm going to be looking at something when I get home.
5: Yeah, we even had a call yesterday, and it was a calm night, the night before, a big honey locust. Just put a lot of extra growth on, and there was a little rotten spot on a branch close to the trunk, and mm. no wind, no rain, no, just the extra weight from all the new growth on there made it fall on the driveway.
2: Thanks, Dick. Remember, the organic gardeners always aim to create a better place to garden. And a
3: safer place to live.
2: We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio.